I'd like to speak to you all today on this topic, baby Christians. Baby Christians. Uh, let's look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. Hebrews 5, 11, inspired scripture reads, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when, the, uh, when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. Verse number 13. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their ex or senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now all of us understand today that the reason that believers are able to have fellowship with God is because of Christ's payment for our sin and his continued work as our advocate. In 1 John uh, chapter 1, all the way to uh, 1 John chapter 2, uh, we hear that we are able to have fellowship with God because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross and him being our advocate, our stand-in, our mediator between uh, uh, God the Father and us. He is the man, uh, Christ Jesus. Now, many of our teens are familiar with this topic, or rather this, um, uh, th this kind of idea of, uh, uh, there being two kinds of preaching, right? There is topical preaching and there's expositional preaching. Uh, Isaiah 28 uh, talks about expositional preaching, uh, uh, kind of the concept, for precept must be upon precept, a line upon line, uh, here a little, there a little, and uh, with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, uh, this is the rest, uh, wherewith ye may cause uh, the uh, weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. And so uh, we know that uh, it, it is great to go through a passage line by line, precept by precept, here a little, uh, there a little. Well, I, I consider the amount of uh, time I have uh, to preach, uh, not just today, but also uh, next week. Um, We'll have uh, one time then, and then it'll be our missions conference. And so uh, if you would pray about uh, what the Lord would have us to hear uh, next up and coming up. Um, but uh, tonight I'd like to teach you uh, on another topical sermon, as many of uh, my uh, sermons as of late have been. Uh, a topical sermon deals with a specific topic or a specific uh, subject. Uh, if you look at Hebrews uh, 5.12, uh, when the time... When for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again. Teach you again. Uh, you, you know what I, what I think about when I read this passage? I think about the phrase, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. Uh, notice that first part, it talks about uh, time to be a teacher. It's time to be a teacher. And then nextly, we realize, hey, uh, when it's time for us to be a teacher, uh, suddenly we need someone to teach us again. Uh, what do we need to be taught again? We need to be taught the first principles. We need to be taught the basics of the oracles of God. And, and something that I get concerned about um, as a young preacher, um, I'm sure Pastor Turner, as an older preacher uh, in the Lord, uh, is just, hey, sometimes we will spend five years in church, six, seven, uh, ten years in church, and we still don't know how to lead someone to the Lord. 
or we still uh, have not yet get, gotten baptized, or we still uh, have to come to the basic things. And, and God uh, wants us to move beyond the basics. Hey, we know some of the first principles. If you're here on a Wednesday night, many of us already know these things. Um, it says in 1 John, um, uh, the, the Apostle John uh, wrote to the believers uh, saying, hey, I don't write these things to you because you uh, do not the truth or do not know the truth. The phrase is, but because you know it. Because uh, you know the truth. This is why I'm telling you some of the same things again. And so uh, we notice, first of all, hey, it's time to be a teacher. Uh, secondly, we need someone to teach us again. And then number three, suddenly we realize we need milk. We suddenly need milk. Um, uh, the first principles of the oracle of God and are become such as have need of milk. The, the explanation in that verse is those who use milk are uh, unskillful. They're acting like spiritual babies. And so uh, it's God's desire that we abstain from sin and that we grow up in him and learn uh, more about the Lord. And then uh, nextly, we see in this passage, strong meat uh, belongeth to them that are of full age. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. I would submit to you today uh, those uh, who are teachers uh, can uh, take this strong meat. I would also submit to you today that teachers have their senses uh, discerned and, and they've exercised them. And uh, you can see in the latter passage or the latter half of that passage, they can discern between good and evil. They've had their senses exercised by reason of use. And so they have been uh, not necessarily in life or death situations, but they've been in situations where their faith is tried, where their faith is tested, and then in these moments, God helps them to discern both good and evil. Um, earlier today, uh, Pastor Mackay and I were able to speak with a man named Ross, and he was the individual that was working on the, the stair lift there. And it's, it's evident to me that Brother Robel, uh, who's a member of Metro Baptist Church, is working on Ross, and uh, Pastor Mackay invited Ross to church. This is a good thing. What I believe is that Brother, uh, Brother Robel uh, planted the seed, and uh, Brother Mackay watered the seed, and then God is working in that life because, not just because of one person, not just because of one incident, but many people speaking truth into the life of this individual uh, named Ross. So they were both involved in the work. They were both involved in uh, doing uh, that which uh, the Lord would have them to do. And so all of us, each and every one of us, need to be maturing in our Christian walk so that we can share the gospel uh, with other people. I want you to consider this. Many of us have heard of the Dead Sea. Raise your hand in the air if you've heard of the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea, a body of water, and you've heard uh, many sermons or illustrations that mention the Dead Sea. Uh, po quite possibly. But as a refresher, uh, remember that the Dead Sea is so salty that it contains no fish and no plant life. What accounts for this unusual condition? There are absolutely no outlets. A great volume of water pours into this area, but nothing flows out. Um, consider the, the Jordan River. Uh, you've considered the Jordan River as you read your Bible or maybe as you look at a Bible map. The Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea. And so you have all these uh, tributaries, all these side rivers just pouring into uh, the, the Dead Sea. And so many inlets plus no outlets equal a Dead Sea. This law of nature may also be applied to the child of God and explains why many are unfruitful, why many are lacking in spiritual vitality. 
it is possible for a Christian to attend Bible conferences, listen to religious broadcasts, study the scriptures, and continually take in the word as it is preached from the pulpit and seem lifeless and unproductive in their Christian lives. Such individuals are like the Dead Sea. They have several inlets, but no outlets. To be vibrant and useful believers, we must not just take in all that we can, but we also must give out in service to others. Oh, many of us can be, if we're not careful, Dead Sea Christians. For when the time you ought to be teachers, uh, you're reverting back to milk. And so I really believe that we are saved to serve here in Anchor Baptist Church. Where are the servants? I'm not talking just about Anchor. I'm just talking about the, the, in, in all Christendom. Where, where are the people uh, that are serving the Lord? Uh, this is not a one-man show. This is not a two-man show or a three-man show. Uh, I pray that you'd pray for pastor. Hey, pray that he gets better. Um, uh, pray for wisdom as I prepare for Wednesdays and for humility and gentleness. Uh, but all of us need to be having a part. And, you know, I was looking over a list of the voting members, and I have a list of the voting members right here, and I'm like, good night. You know what? Everyone is so busy. Almost every person I see on this list, you're working a 40-hour-a-week job, and I th think it's wonderful. I think it's amazing that we have ushers in the first place, uh, people that carve out time. Uh, man many of uh, these people um, who aren't really assigned to anything, uh, they don't only work a 40-hour work week, but... Um, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we have some that are elderly and just can't, can't serve uh, physically in any capacity. Um, I, I'm thinking of the people in this room. Um, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir because, like, good night. All, all of us, I think most of us, are, are finding a place uh, to do something in, in the work of the Lord. And so as I look at this list, I'm, I'm just amazed uh, that God has allowed people to serve uh, in the uh, nursery, in the teen class, in, in, in children's ministry. Um, but I really believe that there are many places at Anchor Baptist Church that we can all grow and that we can all serve in and at. Romans chapter 12, let's turn there. Romans chapter 12. And as I read and prepared and studied for this message, I also uh, came to understand that, hey, um, the, the, the view from behind the pulpit is very different from the view from the person sitting in the seat. Can I just say that? There's also the, the idea that uh, you may have as you sit, like, well, I'd serve. I just need to find out where to be. If someone would just help me realize where to serve, then I'm all in. Uh, then, 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 then I'll serve. I'll, I'll, I'll find a place to serve, but I need to know where those areas are. Uh, Rom Romans 12, verse 6 Romans 12, verse 6, this is really helpful and has been helpful to me. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, verse 7, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth with exhortation, uh, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation or preference or favoritism. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. So we'll see seven spiritual gifts here. Uh, first of all, I want you to see prophecy 
in verse number six, prophecy, uh, this is also very, uh, very much tied to a discernment or even preaching uh, to, to prophesy is not to necessarily predict the future, um, but uh, the Bible here teaches uh, preaching or discernment, being able to tell black and white and the difference between the two. Some people are gifted with prophecy. Uh, number two, you'll see ministry or helps or service. In verse seven, ministry, let us wait on our ministering. How about teaching? Uh, number three, teaching, you see, uh, or he that teacheth on teaching in verse number seven. Exhortation, that's the gift of encouragement. Now, this is a gift that I believe Pastor Turner has. There, there are some people that are just gifted uh, with the gift of encouragement. They're always in a spirit of exhortation. They're always uh, seeing the, the sunny side up, if you will, the sunny side of the street. Uh, number five, you see giving. Uh, him that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, number six, we see ruling. Now, ruling is like leadership or administration. Uh, when I went to school at West Coast Baptist College in California, I really believe that the president there, he's a type A personality. He very much has the gift of administration. How about uh, number seven and this final one, uh, last but not least, mercy. Wasn't our Savior merciful? Oh, he was merciful when he died on the cross for you and for me. Our Savior was merciful. And some people are uh, gifted, especially with the gift of mercy. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now imagine a dinner party. The dessert is being served, and the dessert slips off the tray and onto the floor. Wow, what a mess. Someone can look at that and judge and say, oh, wow, that's, that's awful. Man, the dessert's all over the place. Who's going to clean this up? Now... In a dark world, are we going to curse the darkness? Are we going to light a candle? Are we going to contribute to the problem? Or is God going to light a fire in our hearts and set our souls afire and, and, and give us a desire to help? Uh, you know, all these different gifts that we just mentioned in Romans 12 work together. Prophecy says, you know, that's what happens if you're not careful. Mercy says, hey, hey, don't feel bad. Uh, that could have happened to anybody. The service says, here, let me help you clean it up. Teaching says, well, you know it fell because it was heavy, too heavy on one side. Uh, exhortation says, no problem, we'll get it right next time. Uh, we'll serve dessert next time with the meal. Uh, giving says, I'll, I'll buy a new dessert. And administration says, Jim, you get them up, Susie. You help to pick it up. Mary, you go fix us some more dessert. And all of this happens in church. And I'm burdened that, you know, we have many people that uh, will attend as many services as they can, but very few servants will avail themselves outside of church services. Um, let me read something that really helped me. I know it speaks to the fact that, hey, there are different kinds of baby Christians. There are underfed Christians of their own volition. Some, there, there are people who complain, hey, I'm just not getting fed at church. Be careful you don't become one of those critical people because, hey, uh, if you, you, you'll find what you're looking for. You'll find what you're looking for. Let me chase this rabbit. I heard the story of uh, one, one lady who just was so critical. All she could do was just find things that were wrong with the church. And she, she goes to her pastor and she says, uh, pastor, you know what? I, I just feel like I'm not getting fed around here. This, this church, uh, they, ha they got so many problems going on here, and uh, sometimes I feel like I want to leave. And pastor says, you know what, here's what I want you to do. Ma'am, if you, you could just uh, find a glass of water, you find a glass of water, 
This is not filled up all the way, but if you fill it up all the way, fill it up to the very brim, and then so full that if you added one more drop, you'd be overflowing. I want you to fill that all the way to the top. She said, okay, I got it. And she's holding that, that, that uh, glass of water, and, he's, and the pastor says, hey, you know what I need you to do now? I want you to walk around the entire church building. I want you to walk around the entire property and make sure you don't spill a drop. And once you've done that, come back and see me. And she says, okay. And so this lady, this, this critical lady, she, she's really focused, and uh, she goes around the entire property, and she doesn't spill a drop. And she says, Pastor, I did it. I didn't spill a single drop of the glass of water. And the pastor said, well, uh, when you were focusing on that glass of water, did you notice that the shrubs out front weren't trimmed? D did you notice that the live stream wasn't working? Did you notice that, you know, that there, there were no people to greet people on their way into service? Did you notice that, uh, you know, the ushers weren't ready for anything? He said, no, I was too focused on making sure no water was spilling out of the glass. And the pastor said, listen, hey, if you'll focus on the Lord, if you'll focus on God, you'll be too focused on the goodness of the Lord to be distracted by all these other peripheral things. So let me encourage all of us, hey, are we going to curse the darkness? Are we going to light a candle and ask God to stir in us a desire to help instead of to hinder? Anyone can point things out. Uh, it doesn't take a lot of effort to criticize. And uh, someone writes here, I'm not sure if the North American church is obese or starved. There are underfed Christians. Maybe that's the that, that's the, the leadership's fault, or maybe that's their fault. They're not looking for it. There are overfed Christians that just do a lot, but don't exercise themselves unto godliness. I'm not sure if the North American church is obese or starved. Uh, you see, it, it just because people are being fed regularly doesn't mean that they're getting the proper nutrients. Maybe uh, the reason we don't see the church working enough is that they're subsisting on gruel, gruel rather than wholesome food. Occasionally, I'll encounter someone who says most Christians have enough intellectual knowledge and simply need to be out there doing something with it. On the surface, this sounds good and right. After all, our churches are filled with people who, who hear sermon after sermon, week after week, and never really do anything with it. Uh, th that's not uh, the real problem here. Uh, the answer is that they're overfed, right? Not necessarily. According to the CDC... Roughly one-third of the adults in North America are obese. However, doctors and other health professionals do not uh, recommend a strict uh, regimen of exercise with no eating. Why not? They have clearly eaten enough, and now they need to go get out there and work some of it off. Starvation and exercise do not go very well together. We would quickly grow weak because our fat supplies cannot be immediately turned into energy. And so the answer to getting healthier is both diet and exercise. Many Christians seeming inability to think in terms of both and rather than either or uh, is becoming a problem. Merely taking away junk food is not enough. You must replace it with good food and yes, exercise too. And so what the author of these paragraphs is uh, really uh, imploring all of us uh, to is really an attitude of balance, an attitude of balance. In and of itself, this passage does not speak directly uh, to this, uh, but 
Uh, here the writer is merely saying that these people should be further along in the process than they are. In other words, they should have grown up by now. They are still drinking milk rather than eating meat. And the problem can be seen more clearly when we ask ourselves the question of what we are serving in our churches, milk or meat. Um, I'd submit to you today that, hey, in North America, some people want to eliminate both. And so let's be very careful of that. Here's what I believe at Anchor Baptist Church. I believe by God's grace, we are serving milk, we are serving meat. Uh, we're, getting, we're getting a feast, not because I'm the preacher, but because God is working in our midst. You know, at RU Recovery on Fridays, Brother Barry uh, Cahill, he's not here right now, but um, you know, he'll, always, he'll always say, hey, I believe God is here because where two or three are gathered together, and there I am in the midst of them. And many times God will work in our presence uh, when we are seeking, our, uh, seeking uh, him with our whole heart and um, uh, re really just having our eyes fixated on him. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings like milk about Christ and take, be taken forward to maturity, not laying again uh, the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal uh, judgment. And so uh, repentance of sin and faith in God, baptism, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, or eschatology, um, uh, eternal judgment, and understanding heaven and hell. Hey, a lot of this uh, is Christianity 101. But we need to be moving on and uh, doing something with what our, our, uh, we've been given. Progress originates out of death. That is to say, if we will stay in the pocket and we'll throw the punches and we'll stay in the trenches when the artillery and the bombardments are unceasing because we are rooted and built up in him, uh, established in the faith as ye have been taught, God's going to work in our lives. When we, all of us, when we understand doctrine a little bit deeper, and uh, what Jesus has rescued us from, and what he offers to us now, and even motivates us to do, that is give more of our life, and really the prime of our life, and our old years, our time, talent, and treasure, and wisdom, uh, we're going to see that God uh, really does have the best plans uh, for us. There's, there's a song here um, that we sang before, give of your best to the master, give of the strength of your youth, clad in salvation's full armor, join in the battle for truth. <laughs> you know what? I, I've often thought about what, what's the new, the, the new uh, visitor uh, going to feel like when he steps into the doors uh, here at Anchor. You know, they, they might be thinking about uh, maybe the over-friendliness of some people. Maybe they're thinking about the hymns and, and you know, uh, to the lost. Uh, they don't understand what's going on. They might, they might think, the unregenerate man might think, uh, the hymnody and the, the singing sounds creepy and cultic to them. I don't know. But what I believe is that the preaching of the cross is to them that uh, perish foolishness, but to uh, us uh, who are saved, it is the power of God. And so, hey, we give of our best because it is a battle and it's real, and there is still a real heaven and a real hell. Uh, we must preach hell hot and heaven sweet and sin black and God uh, still being good. Uh, we also need to realize, hey, because there is a need, we need to volunteer. Instead of waiting for the perfect opportunity to serve, we can create this opportunity. See the need, take the lead. This is a quote I've heard in college multiple times, and I believe it's applicable to, to, to any congregation, any, any group. Uh, I, I, I just really believe uh, this, this is it. This is it. See the need, take the lead. Can we all say that together? See the need, take the lead. One more time. 
See the need. Very good. Hey, rooted and built up in him. Colossians 2.7, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. That's to say, when you're needed, you're there. Hey, when, you, when, when you're not needed, hey, you are ready. You don't have to get ready because you've stayed ready. Uh, you're going to tell yourself, hey, I'm going to learn a new skill. I will help out. No, one, no one's there. Then, hey, I'll be there. And uh, I, what I believe is that we've created a church culture in North America where uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna just going to assume we do nothing until we hear a voice from heaven. And so if I go to church uh, on Sunday, the pastor's going to preach a sermon, and uh, we pretty much assume we're not going to do anything radical in response to it unless he gives a really great sermon and, and gives us steps right afterward of this or that or uh, really that we hear a voice from the Lord. And as a result, Many Christ followers live selfishly while listening to Bible teachings every Sunday. An author once wrote that these Christians remind him of uh, the fattest people on the earth who have consumed so much full, uh, food that they can no longer walk. They are fed more and more knowledge every week. They, they attend church services. They join small group Bible studies. They read Christian books. They listen to podcasts and are convinced that they still need more knowledge before getting out there on the field. This same author, uh, he, he explained that continually listening to the word without applying it has made Christians' ears dull to the call of God. Look, be careful, because once you can hear the word of God and do nothing in response to it, then the next time you hear it, it's going to get easier. And the next time... And Pretty soon it becomes a habit and a pattern until you're able to hear the word of God without a practical response. And that's a very dangerous uh, place to be. And yet, man, that is happening. Every church across this nation, uh, very possibly, uh, we are prone to falling into this pattern. There have been other preachers that have rebuked spiritually overfed or apathetic Christians um, uh, but there are also starving Christians, as we've mentioned. We want to be fair and realize, hey, th there's both. Nonetheless, God extends the same invitation to everyone, regardless of our circumstances or the quality of the church feeding or preaching or whatever. He extends the same invitation to come to him and drink of the water of life freely. Come to him and eat, come and dine freely. Uh, those verses are echoed in John chapter 7, which we emphasize that our words and actions uh, should and ought to reflect the abundance of our heart when we drink from the fount of life. We need to be fed, but not overfed, to the point that, hey, we're not, we're not exercising. We're just, we're just eating. We're just consuming. It's time to get moving. We're to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Why wait for a, a command when we already have a call? Uh, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And so uh, with, with God's help and with God's leading, hey, uh, let's go out into the world and make a difference. Uh, we don't need permission, in a sense, because we already have it. He says, go and do thou likewise. And so, you know, there are many people who are on a mission to, to maybe push for deeper teaching in church. Um, and, and uh, you know, let, 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 let's just focus on what we already know and uh, be growing in these things. God is going to teach us as we continue uh, to focus 
on the Lord. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Look at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Don't neglect verse 18. Praying always. Praying always. Can we say that together? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let's be battle-ready Christians. Hey, I do understand it also helps if there's opportunities to do more than just sit in church. There, I've heard of somebody that, that, that spent like 45 years in independent Baptist churches, but he, he seemed to lament the fact that, hey, uh, all that would happen in these places is that you sit down, you sing, you sit down again, the pastor preaches, and we go home. I want to open an invitation to all of us. Hey, there's a place to serve if we will but look for it. And there are more opportunities here than to just sit. And so uh, th this same individual, uh, one, time, uh, one time I've heard, I I've heard him write, or I, I, see, I see this here. Uh, one of the things that this individual struggled with is that so much of our current worship involves little to no interaction from anybody besides sitting and singing in the pew. I'm very cognizant of this. I thought this was very insightful. He, he, he said and wrote, it's very hard to develop leaders of either gender when your involvement seems limited to congregational singing and the occasional special. I get that. I get that. But conversely, those who really want to serve find a way to serve. Uh, th th there's uh, an individual here uh, who, who had been in the military uh, who taught that leaders start out as followers. Leaders start out as followers. And there, there, there are individuals that will be busy with uh, Sunday school. They'll be busy with uh, may maybe in other churches, the bus route and the choir. But when, when it was time to be fed from the word, hey, they were more than ready. And it didn't matter who else was involved in these situations. Imagine what God could do if no one cared who got the credit. Imagine what God could do if no one cared who got the credit. Consider a few things and I'll be done. One day, Paul was killing Christians. The next day, he was a Christian. One day, Peter was a fisherman. The next day, he was a fisher of men. Don't judge someone based on one day. If God can create the whole world in six days, he can surely create a new heart in one. I really believe God can do something in one day. He can do something in one night. He can do something in one week. 
but don't rush him. Sometimes it takes years. You just keep on working on one person. You know, when I consider um, baby Christians or even fat Christians, <laughs> I, I, I kind of, or, or, or even uh, uh, believers who, who didn't do much with what they had, I, I consider Isaac in Genesis 27. I'm not talking about the fact that Isaac might have been a glutton, okay? It's that uh, he, he forgot what God did in the past for him. In Genesis 22, he nearly died, but God sent a ram caught in a thicket by his horns to illustrate the coming Messiah. He gave Isaac a family. He knew better. He should have done better. And so his appetite really rubbed off on his son, Esau. And then Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of beans. And it says this phrase in Genesis 27 that really caught my attention, when Isaac was old. When Isaac was old, and at that moment, he kind of let his guard down. You may be a young Christian today. You may be an old Christian today. It doesn't matter. Um, we can all be in a spirit of pride uh, if we're not careful. When we got to Noor especially, and if it's not our first time around the wagon, so to speak, or uh, we might say, oh, this is not our first rodeo, uh, we must be careful not to get lifted up with pride. And so, you know, I say it often. We are all saved uh, not to sit, but to serve. Spiritual gifts are not given for our enjoyment, but for our employment. We need to learn the basics. Hebrews 5, verse 12 through verse 14 says, For when, uh, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become uh, such as have need of milk and of not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. 